0: Howdy, this is Dave Hill and this is issue 46 of Dave Does the Comics. This is my monthly comic book review podcast recorded on December 2nd, 2012. I've been reading comics since the late 1960s, actively buying them since the mid-70s. I am not a professional, I don't obsessively haunt the comic book boards online, but I do have a ton of long boxes in my basement and I'm not afraid to use them. Alrighty, another month come and gone. Lots of good stuff read, lots of changes going on, especially with Marvel. Creative teams, lots of prospects for shopping lists for your loved ones. So let's have at it. And we will start with Marvel, since that's probably most of the reviewing I have to do um, as far as the big two go this week. Marvel is in full-blown Marvel Now mode, uh, which as we are now seeing is not the dreaded Universal reboot like DC's New 52, but doing kind of what they've always done with new creative teams, but more so especially in terms of synchronizing things together. They're giving the creative teams much more free reign to do new things with top writing and art talent aboard. Uh, From what I've seen so far, I am honestly pretty excited. Uh, We won't touch on all of the Marvel Now comics that I'm uh, now reading, but uh, we will hit a couple here. But let's start with some endings, the wrap-up of Brian Bendis' Avengers and New Avengers titles. Starting with Avengers number 34 from Marvel, Brian Bendis writing a diverse hands on the art. This is the final storyline from Bendis, and it's actually been kind of weak. With rather cookie-cutter action in the microverse and seemingly forced resolutions of both the long-standing Wasp and Wonder Man storylines, Still, the final scene or two wrapping up the era was pretty cool, and there is a fun three-page text piece from Bendis at the end talking about his Avengers time. Definitely worth reading. Three stars. I liked it. New Avengers, number 34 for Marvel. Brian Bendis writing Mike Diodato on the art. Also wrapping things up here, including Doctor Strange's long arc. Yes, Bendis should write a Doctor Strange title. And the Power Man, Jessica Jones, as part of the Avengers tale. This issue comes off actually better and more personal than the regular Avengers title, more closure than rush to get things wrapped up. Or maybe that's because it really does focus, for better or for worse, on a couple of key characters only, Regardless, it's clear to me that Power Man was, in many ways, both one of the least likely and most successful of Bendis's pokes and prods to the Avengers universe, its emotional center. Uh, this was good stuff. Uh, I would love to see a well-crafted Heroes for Hire coming in the future. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Captain America number one from Marvel. Rick Remender writing John Romita Jr. and Klaus Jansen on the art Castaway in Dimension Z, chapter one. One of the interesting things in the Marvel Now uh, restart is how much the creators are trying to disentangle their heroes from the rest of the Marvel universe, uh, providing an opportunity to focus on the title characters rather than uh, just on a supporting cast. Um, we start with that here this week as Cap is bushwhacked into another world where an old villain wants him as part of some big scheme. By the end, we have a big escape and a nice personal stake for Cap that will be a multi-part adventure. Um, Remender has a nice piece on the back page talking about the character and what he wants to do with them. I'm not completely sold on him as a writer. Um, he's done some good stuff. He's done some stuff I haven't cared for as much. Um, but this is a good start. Uh, three stars. I liked it. Fantastic Four number one from Marvel. I'm, I am sorry these Marvel Now books are getting renumbered all at number one. Um, I think comics loses something when you do that. That having been said, uh, Matt Fraction writing Mark Bagley on pencils, Unstable. Fraction's taking a road trip with the Fantastic Four, too, ostensibly for educational purposes for Franklin and Valeria, but in reality a search for some sort of cure for Mr. Fantastic's body breaking down. Fraction shows here a good talent for the voices of the characters, and Bagley's art is, as always, dynamic and exciting. Another good start, three stars, I liked it. All new X-Men, numbers 1 and 2 from Marvel. Brian Bendis writing, Stuart Immonen on the pencils. Uh, Brian Bendis begins his reign over the X-Titles, having now left off from the Avengers titles. The Beast is dying and sees around him nothing but the post-AVX craziness destroying the mutant community. So, he hits on a desperate solution. Travel back in time, retrieve the X-Men from when they were first forming up, bring them ahead, and... Convince the past Scott Summers not to become a genocidal lunatic like the current Scott Summers. Uh, it's certainly big picture stuff, bold and epic, and doesn't exa- don't examine that basic concept too much because it will shatter. But it does encourage the kind of freewheeling, character-driven dialogue that Bendis is so good at. Uh, the action is active, the character interplay is promising, and it looks like a good start to Bendis's X Family run. Four stars. I liked it a lot. A plus X number two from Marvel. This book is a direct descendant of the ultra short done in one battle book that was AVX versus uh, uh, during the, the Avengers versus X Men uh, arc. But now it features Avengers and X Men mutants fighting someone else together for half a book each. Uh, The tone is intentionally breezy, but it leads to just a lot of fun stuff for a lot of different creators, as we see in this issue's Rogue Black Widow team-up in Paris by Chris Batchelow, or an Iron Man Kitty Pride team-up by Peter David. Uh, Fun popcorn entertainment, and you know, that's not at all a bad thing. Three stars, I liked it astonishing x-men annual number one from marvel uh christos gage writing david Baldion on pencils welcome to the family i really haven't cared for this title all that much in the past year under marjorie Lou's writing which i find overwrought for my taste and the north star marriage romance bits have been far more soap operatic than i actually enjoy um, this issue, though, with Jean-Paul and Kyle taking their honeymoon in Paris is pretty cool given that Kyle starts to learn what being an ex-spouse, X as in Xavier, not X as in EX... Uh, can really mean in a series of conversations with a variety of X-Men with a variety of relationship experience. Will he end up fleeing in terror, rising to the challenge, becoming a completely different person, or will he still be part of North Star's heart? Ah, love, but also some big thinking. Uh, the back half of this issue is a reprint of Alpha Flight number 106 from 1992, the issue where North Star first publicly came out as gay. Wow, comics were bad back then. Uh, three stars. I liked it. Marvel Tales by Alan Davis, trade paperback collection from Marvel, Alan Davis, duh, writing and penciling. I've always had an uneasy feeling about Alan Davis's clandestine family of mystic mutants. It's always come across as a bit overindulgent and fanficky. Uh, ooh, I have my special characters that have always been around in the Marvel Universe for centuries, involved in all sorts of cool stuff, but only I get to play with them. Um, it helps, though, that they're an interesting bunch in the basic morality play of how their internal differences and their desire to stay secret and the next generation coming up to be superheroes all can come together to make for some fun tales. And it does help that Davis's art is always a joy. In this case, Davis was given three annuals to play in, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, and Wolverine, and a Thor one-shot to weave a most audacious story yet, pulling in these characters into a big brouhaha and search for the rogue clandestine member, Vincent. It's all pretty enjoyable, but never quite rises above the, yeah, these other heroes know you, but never mention you or involve you in anything, except when Alan Davis is doing the writing and penciling. Um... Still, worth getting For the Clandestine or Alan Davis Completist. Three stars. I liked it. So that's it from Marvel at the moment. I got nothing from DC worth mentioning this month. Over to some other publishers. The Shadow, Volume 1, The Fire of Creation, trade paperback from Dynamite. Garth Ennis writing, Aaron Campbell on the art. This is collecting the six issues of Ennis's sadly total run on this new title. He does a fine shadow, wielding cynical righteousness, craftiness, and willingness to bathe in blood as both writer and in the life of his protagonist here. Ennis' Cranston is a driven psychopath, but one so resolutely and mercilessly that it’s just impossible to dismiss or mock him. He manages not just the usual tricks of clouding minds, but tells the future, controls the spirits of the newly dead to his bidding, and generally speaking, frightens the Wiggins out of a reluctant but equally fierce Margot Lane. The Shadows' shift of campaign from gangsters and hoods to the genocidal Japanese occupation of China is a natural one, and lets the Shadows' thirst for bloody justice get writ even more large than usual. Uh, there's only a few missteps in this collection, even against the context of Japan's uh, barbarous actions in China. The villains here are made even more despicable than they need to be, and the inclusion of the trademark Ennis, a well-meaning but utterly hapless government agent, feels excessive and unnuanced. Aaron Campbell's art is serviceable, but nothing special. It gets sketchy enough at times that it becomes difficult to tell some of the characters, especially the uniformed ones, apart. But the overall arc, from start to finish, works very nicely. Ennis does a fabu job of making the shadow out to be an inhuman, even unearthly, agent of some dark and terrible justice that one can shrink back from even as one applauds. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Also from Garth Ennis, The Boys, number 72 from Dynamite. Garth Ennis writing, Derek Robertson penciling. Ennis finally wraps up this lengthy superhero deconstruction tale with neither a bang nor a whimper, but a six months later new status quo revealing a remarkably satisfying ending to this tale. Even a a happy ending, which... Ennis is just enough of a romantic to to want to see and actually pull off when he puts his mind to it. Um, Nice. Uh, Now I need to go back and reread the whole thing from front to back uh, once the the next and final trade paperback collection comes out. Four stars. Uh, I liked it a lot. Castle Waiting, number 18, from Fantagraphics, Linda Medley, writer and artist. Another wrap-up of the various tales in this book, uh, an extension of the original volume 2 that Medley put together, and a revised volume 2 will be out soon. Um, This has always been a quiet little book with nary a spandex bloodfest or not-safe-for-work word to be seen, and thus kind of an odd thing to be reading about right after the boys. But that quiet strength is a part of what makes it so attractive. The collection, as I said, comes out in April. Well worth it as a family-friendly fairy tale to put on your shelf right next to Volume 1. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Penny Arcade, Volume 8, Magical Kids in Danger, from Oni Press, Jerry Holkins writing uh, Mike Krahulik on the art. There's not much to say here insofar as if you like Penny Arcade, you'll enjoy this collection of these strips from 2007, and if you don't, you won't. Um, It is interesting, as always, um, even if you're not hugely into the strip, to see through Gabe and Tycho's eyes how the video game industry has changed over time, even in just the last five years. Uh, There were not a lot, tremendous number of laugh-out-loud moments for me here, but I still enjoyed myself enough to look forward to the next collection. Three stars. I liked it. Also from the webcomics world, Questionable Content, Volume three from Topataco Jeff Jacques Writing and Art. Uh, questionable Content is one of my favorite webcomics, a frothy mixture of gag strips and ongoing friends like drama. The flaws, mostly self admitted, of all the characters, a pack that keeps growing like Topsy, keep the dialogue witty and the story arcs lurching in unexpected directions. Jacques has been uh, over time doing more story and fewer one-offs. And that process continues in this volume, covering comics 600 through 899. Uh, It's on comic 2325 as of this writing, so there's plenty of catching up to be done. It's good stuff, and since I'm apt to lose track of webcomics at various points, it's nice that Jacques is collecting them in an old-fashioned paper format, even if the text in the word balloon sometimes gets reduced to reading glasses-required scale. Four stars, I liked it a lot. And finally, some named reviews, the best cover of the month. Before Watchmen, Moloch, number one of two from D.C., J. Michael Straczynski writing, Eduardo Risso, art and cover. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. One of the noteworthy aspects of Alan Moore's original Watchmen was the near lack of supervillains to go against the superheroes. That was an intentional irony, of course, since one of Moore's theses was that the heroes themselves were the villains of the piece. But there was one explicit bad guy that was in the original, the sad shell of a man, the mysterious, magical Moloch. Uh, Joe Straczynski here does a great job of penning a biographical tale of Moloch. Uh, taking him from birth through early villain career to final redemption before being released from prison directly into the hands of the man who will use him against the world. Uh, It's well written, and it's a nice tight fit into the Watchmen universe. Uh, Rissos' interiors are a bit cartoony, but his very simple cover here is dark and menacing and striking in ways both subtle and gross, and goes very well with the story inside. Four stars for both the book and the cover. Uh, I liked them a lot. Best comic of the month. Another entry from Marvel now. Thor, God of Thunder, numbers one and two. From Marvel, Jason Aaron writing, Isad Ribic on the art, The God Butcher, part one, A World Without Gods, and part two, Blood in the Clouds. So as with some of the other Marvel Now Tales, as I said, Eren is taking the new Thor title back a step away from the perhaps overly rich Asgardian universe where there are so many other intriguing characters to distract from the title one. In this case, we have a tale of three Thors, one in the days of the Vikings uh, before he held Mjolnir, one in the current time deep in space, and one in the future as the lonely last king of Asgard setting out in final battle. This gives us multiple insights into Thor, bound together in a single tale of the God-Butcher, a creature, of which little is revealed as yet, that slays pantheons. It's a well-written story, more than a bit creepy in places, uh, and Rubik's art gives a dynamic, epic, gorgeous feel to the whole thing. Uh, it's an overall idea that I thought sounded kind of gimmicky at first, but Eren is pulling it off quite well so far. Four stars, I liked it a lot. The best all-ages comic uh, that I read this month was actually an old trade paperback pulled off the shelf. Leave it to chance, Volume 1, Shaman's Reign. From Image, James Robinson writing, Paul Smith on the art. Uh, This is a bit of a cheat as I said, both a trade paperback and a collection I pulled off the shelf. Uh, This 1997 book was a remarkable collaboration between uh, the two men, Robinson and Smith, an all-ages urban fantasy featuring Chance Falconer, the daughter of the city's chief protector and wizard, sort of a cross between Harry Potter and Nancy Drew. It's exciting, it's touching, it's full of great characters, the art is, of course, drop-dead lovely, and any kid will enjoy reading it, and a lot of us adults, too. It's one of the tragedies of modern comics that the two creators parted ways on this overall project, but I'm giving it five stars. Uh, It's just amazing stuff. Speaking of amazing stuff, the best graphic novel I read over the last month, Black Sad, A Silent Hell. Dark Horse, uh, Juan Diaz Canales writing, and Juanjo Guarnido on the art. It is crazy insane that French-Spanish creators could do so well such a remarkable rendition of noir detective fiction in a tale set in New Orleans. It seems so quintessentially American of a theme and setting that it's startling to see how well they nail it. Uh, Well doesn't describe it, though, as the, the writing here is crisp, painful and oh so good and the art is truly glorious in fact the back section of the book has an artistic making of explanation while such filler is usually annoying or indulgent this one truly teaches some art lessons that this story is also done in anthropomorphic style with animals of various breeds standing in for different races and classes um is, is worth noting, but it's not a cartoon book. It never jars, it never comes across in a way to make you ask obvious nitpicking, crossbreeding questions, since it's le- meant less as world-building and more as visual shorthands for the underlying individuals. Um, I cannot recommend this book strongly enough for lovers of Hammett or Chandler or the rest, or of truly gorgeous comic art. Alrighty. Well, normally at this time we would be saying, "Hey, this has been 19 minutes already. I better stop." But we're gonna go a little bit further here because it is December. It is the gift-giving season, and so I want to offer up some recommendations for your holiday gift list for anyone who enjoys comics or art or illustrated fiction or just reading. Um, There's probably something you could find to wrap up and put under the tree for them in the way of a graphic novel or trade paperback. So let's take a look back at the best five-star amazings of this last year of Dave Does the Comics and pick out a few for you. First of all, for the All Ages group... Um, Gladstone School for World Conquerors from Image. Mark Andrew Smith and Armand Villevert on the creative team. A School for the Kids of supervillains. It's terrific fun, and I'm sorry to see there's not more out there in the way of collections, but it's worth getting this one. Avatar The Last Airbender, The Promise from Dark Horse. Gene Luen Yang on the writing, Girahiru on the art. Uh, if you're buying for fans of Avatar or The Legends of Korra, this three-part book, available for about $6 each on Amazon, so it's overall a bit pricey, is a great continuation of Aang's tale, as everyone discovers that cleaning up the Fire Nation's decades-long war isn't quite as simple as agreeing to live together in harmony. I'd also suggest, for all ages, tracking down that Leave it to Chance volume I reviewed earlier in the podcast. For War Tale enjoyers, or historical fiction buffs, especially about World War II, The Complete Battlefields, Volume 1, from Dynamite, Garth Ennis writing, dark, violent, very human tales rooted in the corners of the massive conflicts of World War II, written with care by Ennis and illustrated by some great artists. Uh, Note that Volume 2 is out, but I haven't read it yet. had to put it on my wish list. For fairy tale lovers, Fables, Volume 16, Super Team from DC Vertigo, Bill Willingham on the writing, Mark Buckingham on the art. This is my favorite collection of Fables books this past year, with the Fables deciding the best way to muster the power needed to take down Mr. Dark is to draw on a new set of tale-telling memes and myths, comic books. Willingham's work on fairy tale characters trapped in the real world is much imitated, but still solidly interesting, intriguing, sometimes maddening, usually entertaining as all hell or other mythical realms. Uh, This is not for a first-time reader, though. Um, Go ahead and buy any first-time reader of this stuff, Volume 1. They will not regret it. Note that Volume 17 is out, uh, but unread by me as of yet, at least in collected form, and Volume 18 comes out in January. For non-traditional comic book story readers, Beasts of Burden, Animal Rights, from Dark Horse, Evan Dorkin, and Jill Thompson, the creative team there. The animals, especially the dogs of the small town of Burden Hill, do more than just their normal romping animal bits. They're also the guardians and protectors of the people there against things that go bump in the night or even in the afternoon. Um, There are some great spooky stories in here. Even though it is about animals, this is not a comic for all ages, or especially for small kids. Uh, My 11-year-old daughter, though, loved it. Girl Genius Omnibus, Volume 1, Agatha Awakens, uh, collecting Girl Geniuses Volumes 1 through 3 from Tor Books. Phil and Keja Folio um, doing the creative team here. This provides a consolidated collection of the first three volumes of the Girl Genius Cycle, the utterly hysterical, totally gripping, and and wildly imaginative steampunk webcomic by the Folios. Uh, It's a great jumping-on point because it does start from the beginning, and worth gracing any comic collector's shelves. Saga, Volume 1, from Image, Brian Vaughn writing, Fiona Staples on the art, space opera for the 21st century, moving and scatological and imaginative and violent and sexy and heartstring tugging. Saga is one of the most acclaimed books of this year. It's sort of The Forever War, as written by Tolkien while dropping acid. Definitely highly recommended. And of course, in this category, let's not forget the Black Sad graphic novel I mentioned earlier in this podcast. And for more, 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 more normal comic book readers, i.e. the people who like superhero stuff, uh, here's some suggestions. Uh, and they're all three Avengers-related. Uh, Avengers Forever trade paperback from Marvel by Kurt Busiek on the writing, Carlos Pacheco on the art. Um, this collects a storyline from some years back. Uh, Hardcores Avengers, history illuminated in a fun story of time travel, destiny, and why people become heroes. Uh, It's not for the casual reader or the continuity adverse, uh, but this collected miniseries is glorious for those who think all of this comic book history means something. Uh, Another one here, Avengers, The Children's Crusade from Marvel. Alan Heinberg and Jim Cheung on the creative team there. Uh, This is a bit continuity heavy too, but beautifully drawn and pulling together quite a bit of recent Avengers, Young Avengers, and No More Mutants story bits. The book itself took too long to trickle out issue by issue, but now you can let someone read it all in one place. Uh, Good action for those who like heroes, teen heroes, mutants, and big battles. And finally, uh, also for normal superhero comic book readers, Secret Avengers, Run the Mission, Don't Get Seen, Save the World, trade paperback from Marvel, Warren Ellis writing. Ellis brings his There's Weird Stuff Out There sensibilities to the Modern Avengers as super science and supernatural combined for off-kilter done in a couple stories illustrated by top talent. Someone who's looking for superheroics that are classy and strange, this is the book. Um, I would say that any of the above will make for some fine Christmas morning or whenever gifting glee. Um, By the way, if you're interested in reading any reviews I've got on comic trade paperbacks that I've done here in this podcast, I also mirror them more or less online at goodreads.com. You can search there for the Dave Hill in Englewood, Colorado. And that, as they say, is that uh, the next episode of Dave Does the Comics will be delayed from the first weekend in January 2013, ah, due to holiday travels and delay of reading. Uh, before I do go, though, a bit more of comic book related news. This week marked the passing at about eight years old of the first, and I would say, best superhero, massively multiplayer online role playing game, City of Heroes. The good times I had in that game with friends and family, especially my wife, are legion and will not be forgotten. To the developers and support team behind the game, originally at Cryptic, then NC Soft, then especially their Paragon Studios unit, many, many thanks. If comic books are the modern myths, City of Heroes, small part of that mythology, will live on. Thank you all for listening to this Dave Does the Comics podcast. On my homepage, which you can find through the wonders of Google, you can see all the lovely covers for all these lovely comics and leave comments on the podcast. I can be reached there or tweeted at three underscore star underscore Dave. I welcome your feedback, especially your suggestions for books I should try. I hope you have a great holiday season, a fantastic turning of the new year, and I hope you've enjoyed this 27 minutes out of your life. Thanks once again. Have a great holiday season, and as Stanley is so fond of saying, made it for another year.